Greetings, listeners. Welcome to the 963 Universal Frequency. I'm your host, Esther Clare, spreading awareness with an open heart, an open mind, living life and being free. Universal Laws, the power of manifestation. Today, I have a remarkable guest. Her name is Victoria Rader. And we are going to be talking all about the power of manifestation, universal laws, her journey, and she's just full of so much wisdom and knowledge in this field. So I'm super excited to be airing this episode for you today. And it really did get me thinking about astrological alignment of the mind, body and spirit and how it needs to constantly be aligned for us to navigate our daily life our social calendars employment you know, family issues that we might be having your know, home life and there's just so many challenges that we have with our thoughts and our beliefs and our, our values can be destabilized and altered if we have limited confidence in the direction or focus that we have in life When there's just too many distractions or issues all happening at once, we really do struggle to focus on the important things. And that really does sound simple, but I think we often forget this. And we are the center of our own universe. You are the center of your universe. You must align your life accordingly. And this is not to say that you can be selfish and have this ego-based belief system or your shadow-based reasons for you to behave a certain way, think a certain way, it really does take time to get to that point of where those lower levels of consciousness no longer exist. And I'm not saying that I have achieved it. (laughs) I, I slip up all the time. I, you know, I get triggered. Things happen. It's all part of the emotions. So, yeah, I, I think where we do tend to go wrong, and which is why I really do enjoy this conversation, because it does make it a, a lot clearer when we think about visualization and seeing ourselves where we want to be, envisioning ourselves with lots of money in a really nice car and a big house, realizing that those types of things aren't always going to make you happy it might make life a little easier but are you going to be happy in the long run do we really analyze what we're passionate about and are we going for the materialistic things the unrealistic things just the things that we we just can't achieve or we can achieve but it's only going to fulfill us because it's a superficial want It's not where our heart resonates. We're not really passionate about it. I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. I I do think it's very true because when I would write down my lists, I would write these, these ideas down of me being wealthy and traveling the world. Traveling the world was a, a big thing for me. And so, yeah, but how am I going to do it? Am I going to have this type of job to to pay the bills so I can travel? You know, how am I going to make my money, basically? You could be really successful. You could be a lawyer and make a lot of money and hate your job. You could really hate what you're doing. 
and that could eventually make you sick in the long run. So there's a lot of questioning that we have to do <laughs> when we want to manifest. And I, d I do think that everything is energy. It is a, a continual state of creation and energy is recycled constantly. It's adapting, it's changing. Our environments interact with everything that it comes into contact with. And so it's so important for us to, to clear and activate our chakras to align our mindset. And Victoria is the expert in this. So I'm going to stop rambling on and let her share her wisdom and knowledge. And I hope you enjoy this one. Joining me today is Victoria Rader, a four-time best-selling author. She's published such books as Until You Win, Until You Shine, Manifest Me Journal, Ignite Your Wisdom, and the soon-to-be-released or recently published, I believe, Prosper Me. Is, is that correct? Is it out on shelves now or is this a book to be released the, the the books then yeah the book was released in june and it's actually uh, done very well it's uh, it's been around a little bit but it's new to someone okay. it's going to be right. new to someone <laughs> fantastic and you've also created an app two apps actually so the empower me app and yeah. amazing me app yeah, we have two apps, Master-Me and Master and Empower-Me apps with our little ambiguity. We'll talk about it later. Brilliant. <laughs> you also have a PhD in metaphysical studies. You're also a Theta healing instructor, a hypnosis practitioner, the founder of the Quantum Freedom Movement. You're a mother, you're a wife. You obviously don't do anything in, in your life. <laughs> You're a massive procrastinator. <laughs> so you also mentioned before we started this conversation about the numbers, the synchronicity of numbers for you to be having this conversation yeah. with me today. So did you just want to explain that to the listeners? Yeah. Well, you know, I have to say that uh, I just love the name of your podcast i do you know i with the with the frequency of 963 being the frequency of unity you know and just the importance of that energy but also tesla being one of my favorite guys out there saying you know if only knew the, the um magic uh you know of the a 369 you would have a key to the universe right and so and i've studied the 369 and why it's important and then i've went on oh my gosh all numbers are sacred and important and i pay attention to those numbers and so for me at a time of a recording i don't know when listeners will hear it it'll be serendipitous as well i'm sure for them <laughs> yeah. but for me the day and the time of the recording are very serendipitous because i am celebrating my 88th interview being recorded today and it is 8 p.m for me and it's 11 11 2022 so lots of gorgeous aids of of abundant flow of partaking of you know of this energy of abundance that hopefully will touch someone in a very unique way and will be a beginning all those ones you know and will give a very good foundation through unity which is all the twos so just a very cool um you know i call it the law of synchronicities in my prosper me book and so it, it is one of the universal laws amazing there is no coincidences i've been wanting to connect with a knowledgeable person <laughs> in this field 
universal laws, Nikola Tesla, the connotation between these numbers. So this conversation is a blessing. I'm so happy to be connecting with you today. And I thought if we could start off with your upbringing, because you've had quite a journey from what I've gathered as you're originally from the Ukraine. So you grew up there during the time of the Union of Soviet Socialist Republic. I'm impressed. I mean, this is very impressive. I should just say the USSR. (laughs) Uh, so, So if you are willing to share, could you tell me and the listeners about your journey? Absolutely. So indeed, you know, I was born in the former um, USSR and um, towards the end, of course, of it falling apart, you know, Ukraine became independent in 91 as the Soviet Union fell apart. And um, I actually graduated from, um, you know, high school just before around that time. And so I was just there really catching that and of the fall, you know, growing up. And um, it was really a fascinating Mm -hmm. gift, I think, to me, because I caught the time of when there were no external freedoms, really no external freedoms, everything was pre-selected and chosen for you. And, uh, you know, a lot of people might not know that you couldn't just leave the country and go travel the world. To leave the country, you not only needed an entry visa by the country you wanted to go Mm -hmm. to, you needed to have an exit visa. You actually had to have two passports, internal and external, and you were not given external passports. And oh, by the way, your internal passport had a stamp in it, which allowed for you to live only in one geographic location, which was virtually impossible to change unless the government deemed you useful at your new mandatory place of employment, (laughs) you know, that you were given two or three places of employment to choose from. And so... You know, in school, uh, you didn't choose which science to take because you were more interested in it. We took all science classes. Now, I'm not begrudging it. I'm thrilled to have a foundation in great education, even if it was forced down my throat, (laughs) right? But the incredible thing for me was, you know, I would read all these books um, about different countries, and I was so fascinated, and I started dreaming of one day, of one day being there. And I would visualize it, I would feel it, you know, I would drift to sleep, thinking of all these incredible adventures I'm having. And so the gift that I received was to understand that no matter what was happening externally, nobody and nothing could touch the world that I was creating internally. And that is the gift that I then bring everybody back to no matter where they are in their life, taking us out of the addiction to the external and trying to change that to the dream of the internal and create through that. And for me, it's not a theory. It is something that I have seen unfold in my life. You know, I would say I would dream standing on the Great Wall of China and I felt what it felt like. And yes, that manifestation took quite a few decades and the country to fall apart, (laughs) you know, and a lot of things had to have lined up. The hows were impossible. If you looked at the how for my dreams to come true, you would know they were impossible dreams. And so you cannot ever be stopped by trying to figure out how 
your dream is going to come true. And once again, it's not just a theory for me, right? I've gotten to live that, to breathe that. And so I'm very grateful for the extreme circumstance in which I was placed in order to develop, I believe, extreme freedom of creating the reality that I want. You know, I'm sitting here with you and in front of me is a mirror. And uh, I'm reminded um, when I first started working with clients, I say, you know, you look at your mirror and you see a pimple on your face. You're not going to reach into the mirror to either pop the pimple or put the lotion on it. You're not. You're going to be doing something with your face. But in life, the reality around us is the mirror. And yet we try to fix the mirror all of the time. We try to fix the mirror instead of saying, wait a minute, what is it reflecting that's going on inside of me? That is the perfect metaphor to explain illusion and the reflection of self. And it's so true that it's the how, the steps to take to achieve. And it sounds so simple, yet so many people really struggle to figure out their how, usually because they they don't know why or what they are passionate about. Some people have it. They just know it already. Some people know from a very, very young age what they want to do, what they want to be. Others might have an idea, but then they start to, um, I suppose, be influenced by society and get distracted from what they really love. And so they need a little bit of help of finding what they're actually passionate about. Uh, Me, for example, I believe... I'm a creative person to the point where I have all of these ideas and some of these, these little projects that I do, I, I finish them and others, I get to the point where I almost complete them and then I start something else. And so we can visualize ourselves or ask the universe and you can see yourself in the moment of what you want to accomplish. You you feel it and you imagine yourself accomplishing it and and this does trigger an emotional response and it gives you that confidence but how do we bring our vision into fruition what are the steps we need to take because it it is about action as well we don't just sit there and and think to ourselves so oh, i see myself there 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 are steps steps that we have to take for our our vision to be to become real I love I love that question because I think most of us do not gain the clarity of what we want and that is the most mandatory place to start a lot of us are anxious to be living out somebody else's dreams for us or our guesses of our dreams and our eternal self this powerful soul that all of us have within us it will not be deceived and so it'll sabotage us with failures to redirect us into finding out what it is that we really want because you know if people around you define success a certain way and they feel passionate about it you might lose that little light within you that is you and start feeling outshined by their passion. And then you say, oh, I should do that too. They clearly know what and how. So why don't I read another book? Why don't I, you know, and we, I think a lot of us are watering down the precious energy of uniqueness that we have come 
to bring into this world. And so I actually take my, um, you know, my, my subscribers or my audience through a very simple, practical exercise of finding out what you want. And it's, mm-hmm. it's these four questions. You start with four questions. The first question is you write down what is it that I want and you write everything that comes for you and you know you're being honest if, if not only good things come through. Like if you want to be eating cake three times a day, but you've already guilt tripped yourself into well-being through guilt, not through love, and you're like, but I, I shouldn't want the cake. Bingo. Mm-hmm. You're already suppressing yourself, right? So write down everything that you want without any judgment. That in and of itself is going to be a challenge. But once you write everything that comes through you, and I say don't get overwhelmed, set a timer for three minutes. That's and said, you know, what do I want? And then the second question, write down, what do I want the most? Now, of all this massive desires that you maybe for the first time in your life got to listen to what it is that you want, not what the success gurus want to you for you, not what your parents want for you, not what your past you or future you even wants for you, but this is what I want. You know, I don't want to work. I want to really stare into the ceiling all day long, see how it feels like. I really want to do that. You know, I want to walk barefoot when it's 30 degrees. Maybe you do, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but whatever it is, then you say, what do I want most? You write that down. The third question is very important. And now you can't skip them, right? It's a wave of the ocean. When you walk into the ocean, you have to start with the shallow so that you can arrive at the deep. Mm -hmm. So you were starting with the shallow. And you're going to write down, what outcomes do I want? Because the only reason we want things is because we believe that they'll bring us a certain outcome. But a lot of us don't know what outcome we want. So we're trying things in deep subconscious hope to find the outcome we're seeking. And then the most precious questions at the question at the end is, I have chills for some reason when I say it is, what outcome do I want the most? Now, if you've done that seeking and searching, you will find the outcome that your soul is ready to manifest through you in the most fulfilling way. And once you see that outcome, you're going to say, okay, so this is what I really want. Now I know it. Now, before you go to bed, you're going to imagine already having it well before going to bed because your subconscious mind will create receptors in your brain for looking for opportunities to support that reality for up to four hours after you fall asleep. So your most powerful mechanism, your subconscious mind, is working while you're sleeping. So you feel it. You feel what would it look like? You feel it, you fall asleep. And then when you wake up, you ask the fifth question, which is, What is one small practical step I can do to support this vision in my life? And you just do one little thing a day. I'm very big on three minutes a day, which is why I love three, right? (laughs) Especially if you do three things of three minutes, you will have shifted your life. And it won't be a copycat of anybody else. It'll be you. You know, I love animals. Happy for me means three dogs and a cat currently. It's a nightmare for somebody else. It's my happy place. Right. (laughs) What are some of the the blockages that that people will have with this? Because 
what I do find as well, I, do you remember the book, The Secret? Yes, of course. Bob Proctor was my coach for a while. So oh, yes. really? <laughs> yeah, right. I, I read that book because when that came out, it was like, The Secret, The Secret. It's a really big thing. And I decided to read it. I, I, I found the idea of it amazing to, to be able to, to manifest. Uh, but could you, just before we get into this topic a little further, can you define what manifestation actually is? Yeah. What a phenomenal question, really, because it might be different for me than it is for, for somebody else. For me, manifestation is simply matching your ability to recognize what is there for you already. So it's not about the mirror. It's about how you take the blinders to see what you're looking to see in the mirror because it is already there. So manifestation process for me is the ability of matching your frequency, your ability to perceive the world to the world that is already there waiting for you. So that's what manifestation is for me. Okay. Yeah, no, that's exactly how it will. you've said it perfectly. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I would often think, in a way that there seems to be still blockages that will yeah. throw people off that track. So yeah. how is it or what types of blockages would we have first and what are some of the ways that we can prevent them? Absolutely. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I do have a quantum freedom group where once a month on the new moon, we actually, well, we do a lot of programs, but around the new moon, I do one-on-ones to clear the individual blockages because people are so unique. But I want to give you the general ones, the general categories that maybe you can then find where you are. Um, for a while, you know, I've been teaching about mindset. And, and finally, I sat down and I said, okay, this is all good, but it's not it just doesn't quite resonate. So what is mindset? Because to create reality, co-create reality, you want to shift your mindset, okay? So what is mindset? And then speaking of Bob, he used to talk about six mental faculties. At least, you know, there was a Judge Traward uh, that taught on those uh, a century ago and uh, sporadically through his teachings. And Bob's somebody that I have heard about mental faculties first and started studying on them. And so the six mental faculties now in my mind are the mindset. So the set of your mind is your six mental faculties. What does that mean? We use five senses to perceive reality. We know them, right? Touch, smell, you know, whatever. But how do we create reality? Through our intuition, imagination, perception, memory, reason, and will. Those are the six magic ingredients of the mindset. And so the mindset of manifestation or the mindset of abundance, if you are feeling stuck, it is because one of those six is completely blocked for you either on your conscious level, your upbringing, or your subconscious level, which is things that have happened before you developed your brain, before you were six years old, or your mind, or genetically were coded just like our eye color or hair color is genetic. Our programming for blocks can and is genetic. It could be historic. It's the environment around you. You know, some countries have stereotypes. Well, all, country, all countries have, st have stereotypes, and they're there because they represent the general conscious block. So let's take one. So we, you know, we don't go in depth in everything, but the one that I feel 
that you have to start with is the ability to imagine. And so, yes, everybody says dream big. Well, here's a spoiler. The word imagination comes from the word image, right? What image? Your self-image. None of us will ever out-imagine our own self-image. It's not possible. We will only dream a life that we believe we are worthy of receiving. And our self-image is a direct reflection of how aware we are of our infinite worth. So when you heal the patterns that have robbed you of understanding that you, as you are right now, have access to infinite love without needing to be better, do better, or get a golden star for performance, once you're like sitting and sobbing from this amazing feeling of realization that you're loved, then and only then can your self-image become aligned with who you've come to be. So you step into who you came to be outside all the accolades of the society or recognition, mm -hmm. you know, through degrees and so forth and so on. So as your self-image is healed because your self-worth has been reawakened, all of a sudden you can start imagining a life that supports you. So in a way, what you do and habits you form are not there to accomplish things. They're there to support you because all of a sudden you remember who you were born to be, right? And that's just one. And so there are different programs, subconscious programs that you shift around that. One of those will be, I will never be enough or I'm not enough or I'm unworthy of love. So, you know, you shift those programs and there are different ways to do that, you know, through tapping, through, we have an app, Empower Dash Me app, that we have three-minute meditations that help you shift that. We'll be adding emotional freedom techniques to that. But truly, there is no wrong way to find the memory of being loved <laughs> infinitely by your creator, right? There's just endless right way. You need to find what works for you. So that's, that's the process. That's the block. That is finding first step is which one of those six in the mindset you know is most blocked for you or you know having somebody like let's say one of our coaches or one of your coaches that can help you identify that and say well dude we don't even know what intuition is and turns out we can't manifest without it <laughs> you know let's go figure it out and so that's the that's the first step of uh, you know of finding the blocks and but the most important one by far is our inability to remember and to connect to how very loved we already are. Yeah, no, definitely. I completely can see how society can block us. I mean, for example, say somebody is wanting a, the perfect body, mm -hmm. you know, um, so they're looking at magazines, they're, they're seeing celebrities that have had done a lot of work to themselves and, and, I remember from a very young age as well in that time of putting vision boards together and you would mm -hmm. put these pictures up, you know, and um, I, I had done that with a couple of friends and I would see how we would put our vision boards up and I'd be thinking, now looking back, uh, I, I think to myself, wow, all of that stuff was really not achievable because <laughs> you might, you might be thinking, so, you might be thinking, well, maybe, I don't know if you disagree or agree with me, but I look back now, I think there was, 
no way I could be a Miranda Kerr. She's <laughs> way taller than me. I, um, I'm, uh, you know, a short person. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm five three. So, yeah, the, that's there not was... short. That's perfect. That's my oh, height. <laughs> it's sorry. it's <laughs> a sheer perfection. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. See, see, the, our mindsets is you know, di- completely different. I mean, if I wanted to be that tall, I guess I could wear some heels. But the, obviously, the, there's just some things that we just we can't achieve as you know, it's just unrealistic. And so then we put ourselves in this state of, you know, I'm not good enough because I'm I'm not tall enough or I'm, I don't have her features, things like that. So um, when when we when we do this to ourselves or when we're we're visualizing something that we we think we can achieve. How, how could the, the, surely there would be some setbacks for some people that don't really know um, that they can't achieve, <laughs> you know, these, these things are just yeah. not realistic. So you had mentioned before how we write down our thoughts and, and we, so we can figure out what we really want, what makes us happy and, and those outcomes. But how, how can we prevent or how can someone understand that, there are some things that just are not realistically achievable. You know, um, I think it goes back to asking why, what is the outcome? Because let's take the girls that want those unachievable bodies, right? What is it that they want? Well, probably what comes with that body in their mind, not in reality, but in their mind. Well, if I am her... I will have the recognition, you know, I will have the attention. So then we look for where is the trauma of attention and recognition? Where do you feel unrecognized? And first and foremost is we don't see ourselves. We don't recognize who we are. And because we don't recognize who we are, we put this huge burden on society to do it for us. And I can tell you one thing, society will fail at it. It is too hungry to recognize the next shiny thing. And so those beautiful, and I will not be afraid to say fake bodies, are the ones that are most tragically in need of healing 10, 15 years later, because they understand they were never recognized for who they truly are. You know, the the permanent things, the eternal things are the things that start with us being able to heal that recognition in ourselves. And so I understand that when you're, you know, 16 or 17 or even 25 or and mm-hmm. you really are disconnected from who you are, that is why we want those things which is why I think it's so important to go through those questions and to really answer them and to realize, no, I just thought that if I am this, then I will have the prince of my dreams. But turns out to have a prince of my dreams, I should be a princess <laughs> because, <laughs> because it requires me changing my frequency right. in order to attract a person who is genuinely interested in me 
and not in my recent update to my body that put me into debt which put me into depression so now i'm eating donuts to eat away depression that are ruining the original surgery that i've spent <laughs> the money on to get the prince so then i say screw them princes they don't exist right, right. <laughs> Yeah. That is, you know, that is true. I think that that's definitely a spiral of when something can go wrong and just hitting that state of depression. Um, mm -hmm. What I have come to understand with, with my experience of um, trying to achieve my goal as you know, what I'm actually really passionate about is instead of creating a vision board per se, uh, it's more about constructing a, a a project plan if that makes sense so it's just creating a life cycle of of you know initiate you know, what budget will I require you know the resources things like that and I and I do think that's really helped a lot because it's made me stay on on track on course of what it what it is and and what I need to do and setting those milestones um but with with all of that I think action is just so important as well I don't I don't think um, we can just manifest uh, and then it will come to us I think that's where a lot of people might get a bit confused because I had a friend that read the secret and they said they didn't really get it they didn't understand I've been doing this over and over and over again it's not working for me and I just asked well what have you written down what are your yeah, and, and it was things that I, I think seemed materialistic. Uh, I, I think you can set those those goals of, of wanting wealth and money, but how are you going to get it? You can't just sit there and manifest. I think it's taking action as well. So what are, what are your thoughts? Where, where does um, the, the action of doing come into play? Yeah, so I have um, one of the laws is I call it the law of growth. Um, and uh, the law of growth has the success formula that to achieve results, you take your mindset multiplied by skill set multiplied by effort equals results. And so what happens for most of us, we're naturally prone to one of the three. We're either action takers and so if it's a misaligned action we run in circles or we are skill addicts and so we keep reading books going to seminars and getting degrees with very minimal results or you're the first category for your friend we're mindset gurus we keep meditating without getting off that pillow you know <laughs> to go yeah. move <laughs> to the next room maybe where the key to real abundance <laughs> is and so the first thing is you real you have to look and see what is your strength is pat yourself on the back because you already are strong in one of the three and then choose the other one to improve by just one little tiny step right back to take those three minutes three one one action three minutes do those three um you know and if it is skill set what do you need to learn you know if it is a mindset what do you need to shift to heal but if it is an effort how do you make that effort and it's got to be that aligned effort um, then if you're a spiritual person, you know, I say you add God, a great overall designer to the equation on the left, and then you open yourself to infinite results. 
like to really because you get out of your way and you allow the divine power to work through you as opposed to forcing your way there's a big difference between forcing and being empowered mm -hmm. when we force we insist on controlling the outcome when we're empowered we're focused on mindset skill set and effort and we trust the most miraculous outcome and so, you know, John Maxwell, uh, which is in the United States, is a leadership expert, you know, he's just written 80 plus books on leadership, uh, you know, traveled to 270 countries anyway. In, 20, in, in um, 2014 and 15, I was one of the founding partners for his uh, leadership training, you know, and I honor him for his leadership lessons. But it was really fascinating for me to, um, you know, to learn from him how important it is for us to completely, uh, continually reassess what our goals are versus what our growth is. And he used to say, goals are for growing, not for getting. Hands the law of growth. Because mm -hmm. if we become results-oriented, then we can run on empty and never feel fulfilled. And it's very important to be goal-oriented, to get out of the state of powerlessness. So when you have a mindset that things happen to you, you know, why did this happen to me? Why did they tell me? Why did I lose the job? If stuff happens to you, you're in a mindset of powerlessness. And so it's very important to get out of that by setting goals and by going for them because that gives you power hunger right i call it power hungry stage where you say wait a minute these horrible things that happened to me all of them happened for me get it you know tony robbins talks about it how do i turn what happened to me into something amazing that happened for me that's a very important stage and that is the stage where you set those goals and you achieve them and you go for them but it can turn into addiction of the ego where you continually seek for things to happen for you. And so to be empowered, you've got to at some point pause and say, wait a minute, what if things okay. are not happening just uh, to me or for me? My iPad is talking to me, <laughs> but I'm going to turn it down. She loves what I have to say. Apparently, She's like, oh, I found things for you online. Okay, I'm going to turn it down. <laughs> but you know, what if things are not just happening to us, for us? But how do we allow the power we have access to to work through us for the benefit of all? Now, that shift, I believe, is the shift we as humanity have come to bring on into this reality right now. We're healing the patterns of powerlessness and we're healing the patterns of power hunger. And we're truly here to invite people to be empowered. Stop forcing for a little star allow for the star that you are to shine for the benefit of others amazing yeah i did want to ask you about the the 35 universal laws because i think a lot of people think oh there's only seven and then they find out there's 21 and then there's actually more than yeah. that so yes the 35 universal laws, obviously, we're not going to go through every single one of them, but how did this all come about for you? <laughs> yes. um, and, and yeah. Well, so here's the, the, here's the simple truth, right? The truth is always simple and it resonates with all. There is one law 
and that law states energy is. That, that's the law. Understanding and pondering on that law, you understand that energy is, which is love is. And love is life originating vibrant emotion. It's energy in motion. It is the energy that originates all life. It originates a thread adaptation of frequency and vibration. And so energy is the main and one law, or love is, or God is, then differentiated into the three laws. Energy is neither created nor destroyed. Why? Because energy is. Mm -hmm. But it is continually transmuted, transformed, and transliterated. And then those are further divided into how it is transformed, which is the seven laws. And that's where you go with the law of gender and the law of the harvest and the law of the prism and so forth. But because there's only one law, yet endless ways for us to understand it, they're actually infinite expressions of that law. And different laws will resonate with different people in the most unique way to surrender to one law, love is. Every, every single universal law points us in one direction, and that is to surrender to love as the energy of creation. Because we're so unique, we will be more excited about one particular law than another. And so the book as inspired coming through me with the 35 laws is, well, first of all, it has the number three in it, which we know is a big number of creation. And 35 adds to eight, which eight is the number of abundance and infinite flow of abundance. And those were the 35 aspects that I saw through the years being responsible for prosperity in my life and in lives of hundreds and honestly thousands sessions of my clients. So I could say, is there one law? Yes. Could I have written a book of 120? Yes. But these are the 35 that I found to be beautifully sufficient to express the love, you know, the life of prosperity. So that's kind of where the numbers are. And, you know, we are in such um, right or wrong mindset often that we want to say, well, this is the way. And with laws, it's best to ad adapt and say this is a way, just like there is a way to love, not the way to love. This is a way. These are the 35 laws as a way to express <laughs> abundance. Yeah, that's so important. That is the the problem. The the mass problem <laughs> in the world is people wanting to be right, and their point of view is the right way, and everybody else is wrong. And yeah, it's it's everywhere, and it's a shame because you can just see the egos, and they just don't want to let something go, or they just yeah they want to um, put some sort of religion on someone I mean all religions whatever you want to be I'm not saying that religion is bad but there's you know, I think everyone has the option to make decisions for themselves and see it from different people's perspectives which is pretty much yeah. what my podcast is about too it's reaching out to people that want to share their theories their ideas and it doesn't necessarily mean that someone's right it's just a perspective so I and I really do think that the more perspectives that there are in the world and the more that people understand that maybe the egos will start taming it down. I don't know. <laughs> you, know you know, it's so fascinating that you say it because this is the kind of conversation between me and my team that we've talked so much about. We, we've come to understand that 
all human conflict, well, of course, me being Ukrainian, I'm very much in tune to human conflict and death and dying once again. You know, it's kind of been a story in my life quite a bit, life and death and, and, and the bridge in between. But, um, you know, we've talked about that most human conflict comes from addiction to self-righteousness. You know, and and the self-righteousness, the way I see it is assuming that you know what's best for someone else. That's it. That's my primitive definition of that addiction. And most of us, myself including, have fallen victim to the practice without realizing that we have. Like how many times have I taken liberty of assuming I know what's best for my spouse and volunteering my opinion with passion, right? And it's because just because it's best for me, by no means does it mean it is best for anybody else but me. And ironically, it takes us back to what blocks us from living life fully. We're so busy justifying our opinion by forcing others to agree with it that we are energetically diluted from creating the life that makes us happy. You know, it doesn't matter whether you take politics, whether you take religion, as you said, it doesn't matter whether it was the crusades that thought they were self-righteous or fundamentalists that thought they were self-righteous or the attacking, you know, country that thinks it's self-righteous and it knows how to do things better somewhere outside of the boundary, or whether I am being self-righteous, assuming that I know how to conduct somebody else's life. And so I think that this really is one of the biggest addictions that we're experiencing as humanity. And I think what is being born is that at the end, we have a right to choose love. We have a right to lean into free agency, to choose love over proving that our way to love is the right one. It's a very thin line, (laughs) (laughs) but I think we're all invited to do that. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine a world where everyone just loved. Yeah. There'd be no war. For a lot of us, it'd be boring, right? For a lot of us, because we think love is boring versus creative. So, (laughs) I don't know. I think, imagine, I just imagine, imagine walking around and just everyone just loving. It would just... (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how that would go, but I... More dogs I, needed. This is my life. Just more dogs <laughs> needed. <laughs> yeah. No, so with everything that is happening, because where are you at the moment? You are you are in America. I'm in the US. Yeah, I'm in the US, yeah. Mm-hmm. And how has how has things impacted you? Does it still impact you, The what's happening with the Ukraine at the moment? Yeah. Yeah, yeah have- very much so. I've had, uh, uh, you know, we've... And I will not go into details. I mean, there's just no need mm-hmm. to trigger somebody, but I've lost family members. And, you know, and it's it's really um, interesting experience to go through because it is so important to validate those negative feelings of hatred that you feel, the pain that you feel, so that you can transition to trusting and with time to forgiving and with time to loving um you know and so it's been a beautiful um journey of self-work and self-healing of saying okay you know what what do i really want do i really want 
you know, like as the first reaction, oh my gosh, they killed the person I love. I wish they died. Now, that lower part of me, I have to hear her say that because otherwise she will suppress it and she will store it as a resentment that will harm me for the rest of my life. So I need to let her say that. And then I'm going to ask her, is that what you really want? No, I don't want that. I don't want that. So what do you want? You know, oh, I wish they were still alive. Well, what if they are? What if there's an alternative reality? Are you willing to see them as alive? Yes, I am. Are you willing to be healed through that reality so you can begin the forgiveness process for this one? Mm -hmm. And so it's, uh, in a nutshell, it's a beautiful catalyst, I think, um, of everything I empower people through, you yeah. know, the vulnerability through which I have to allow for my maker, <laughs> for the universe to empower me. And I just wanted to apologize. I didn't mean to trigger yeah. any emotions. Uh, also, I just wanted to send good vibes and lots of love to anyone that's affected by the war that's going on in Ukraine or just any wars that are have happening all over the world. And I'm sure there's there's many that we probably don't know about. But just moving on, it's it's so ideal the way that that you perceive it, that you've accepted and you're able to control your your thoughts and feelings. You're having emotional intelligence. Yeah. Is an amazing skill to have to become rational. Your, your, your productivity of, of what you want to achieve in life and, and enhancing your wisdom overall. You're just having peace within yourself. You, you have self-love. And if there was only more people who thought and acted this way, <laughs> it would just now I'm sounding self-righteous. <laughs> uh, but, it, but it's true. If, if more people understood emotional intelligence, it would heal the world. I really do believe that. I, I truly do. And so, Vika, if you had a message or something that you wanted to share with the world, what would it be? Well, I think that, you know, two things I, I want to share. Uh, one is the one that I usually share when, you know, when I'm asked a question like that because it's what gets me out of bed every day and... Uh, fires me up and you might have heard the story before but I always say open your heart to hear my version of the story because maybe it'll touch you differently right and the story the story starts in 1400s 1490 to be exact in Italy where there's a sculptor whose name is Donatello and he's commissioned to carve a sculpture and he's given a huge slab of marble he studies it for many months and finds that it's faulty marble it has a lot of veins in it and veins and marble would probably mean it'll crack it's not sustainable and so he rejects the marble um, and then 50 years about 50 years later another great sculptor and artist who we know as Michelangelo out of that very marble carves the statue of, da statue of David and David is arguably is one of the greatest sculptures of the Western civilization. It still stands in Florence. I happen to have been to Florence and saw it standing outside in the open elements, not hidden in a museum, 500 years plus later. And so when Michelangelo is asked by his contemporaries, um, how could you possibly carve this staged statue of David out of this faulty marble? 
She says, I saw the angel in the marble, and I carved until I set him free. I just love that story. And so on the mornings when I'm like, well, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> I'm like, go find your one David, Vika. All you have to do, just find your one David and chip a little teeny tiny piece of marble. And so, you know, for somebody who's like laying under a slab right now, just tune in to that inner angel, that inner being that you are, and figure out what's the one little tiny chip of marble you can chip away. You might feel it doesn't make a difference. It really does. It really mm -hmm. does. That's yeah. beautiful. That's amazing. And that's how it should be. I think that so much pressure has been put on someone to a to aspire or to achieve something and they think oh I've got to get it right now if I don't get it today then that's it I give up or you know really hard on themselves it takes little little by little steps and yes I love that that's beautiful well, you, know, you know it's um it's the law of Kaizen way and I I don't I obviously don't remember the numbers of laws in the book but there's so much misunderstanding and talk about quantum uh, leap, right? I mean, I'm sure you've heard, I'm sure your family here on the podcast heard, you know, everybody is setting up for quantum leap. I'm just going to jump, you know, and leap forward into this greatness. Like, you know, if I'm going to yeah. wake up tomorrow morning and I'll be an overnight success. And, and we all have a bit of that delusion, you know, even if it's secret, even if you like, I don't want anybody to know, but that's my secret hope, you know. <laughs> but the beauty of the quantum leap is that it is based on the uh, quantum physics concept of quantum jump. And the quantum jump is when the electron goes to a higher orbit. What does it look like? A little tiny electron goes around a nucleus in circles over and over and over and over, monotonous movement, until there is a photon of light. There is just enough light that goes into the system. That already moving electron is then using the energy of the light and jumps to a higher level. So two things are needed for a quantum leap. Monotonous, boring repetition of small daily tasks. And then exposure to the source of light. So who do you want to listen to? You know, you're listening to this podcast. Clearly, Esther is a star. <laughs> Esther. Right? That's, that's you're the light you're the light right you're the light and you will be one of your many episodes is the photon in somebody else's life you know i just want you to feel so much wave of love coming to you from your listeners because it's just that's that's you know that's what you do that's in a way what i do and that's in a way what all of us do some days you have no idea that you've been that ray of light. You, walk, you walked into the store and you saw a kid crying and you smiled and you forgot about it. And 10 years later, that kid remembering that smile as the only, and I have chills as I say that, as the only positive moment in their abused childhood did not take their life. You run around looking for your purpose your soul has fulfilled that purpose at that store, at that moment. Very often we forget the miracle of life because we're chasing somebody else's dream. That's so important to remember because 
we all forget this. You are exactly where you need to be right now and all experiences have led you to this place. So even just showing someone else compassion or love, just even the smallest simplistic things, gesture, words, can give another being hope and courage and kindness, just kindness in general. There's, it's so important to have that and I, I, I feel as if it's, becoming better I don't know what other parts of the world are like but definitely here in Australia I I feel as if there's this paradigm shift that has happened especially with the most recent events and so I wanted to ask you a little bit more about your quantum freedom movement this technique that you have can you elaborate on this Mm. foundation Mm -hmm. and, and and the technique Yeah, it's a combination of the technique and what's become a quantum freedom family, which is our subscription group. And it had a really miraculous uh, um, beginnings, I should say, you know, I I used to to do a lot of different seminars and trainings and had this particular seminar on manifestation that I used to do. And it started selling out, even though I have a beautiful office with a lot of space, you know, in my studio. It's starting selling out and in December 2019, I had a very strong prompting of, you know, the feeling, the knowing, however you describe that still small voice we we all have access to, sometimes don't hear, but we all have access to. And, uh, and you know, and I, I was prompted to take the program online and I'm like, well, that's probably economical. That's probably because I will not be saying no to people all the time saying, oh, we're sold out. Oh, you know, and I, there's only so much time and this way I can help so many more people. And so we have taken that program online and we launched it on January 24, 2020. And by February, we've recorded, it expanded from just manifestation to physical healing group to business. Uh, and then I started the Course in Miracles, you know, an annual program for Course in Miracles program. And all of a sudden the world shut down in March completely due to COVID. And that miracle was not lost on me and it was not lost on the members of the group. And for a lot of those members of the group, you know, the group started growing, but for a lot of them, that became the source of inner freedom. And for a lot of them, they've had the best year in their relationship or in their business, you know. And so the group originally grew completely by referral. We were not putting it online. It was not open to subscription um, because being a control freak in recovery every morning, as I've already explained, trying not to control my husband's <laughs> patterns through self-righteous, you know, behaviors that I'm very aware of. <laughs> and, you know, only loving myself completely gives me complete freedom to be sharing it so freely, right? right. Tell my husband, honey, isn't it wonderful that I'm so faulty? Because if I'd be perfect, I'd be dead. I mean, <laughs> I'd be so happy for every shortcoming I have, you know. Yeah. But anyway, so... That's what how quantum freedom began. And after about seven or eight months into it, I was guided to start recording the special order of chakra opening, which I refer to as possibility centers. And if you work with energy, you've heard chakra opening starting from the bottom, going up from root chakra up or from crown, going down depending on modalities. And so I was guided to open it starting from the heart and then going to the... Uh, solar plexus and I was shown that the reason why is because we are first love 
and then we're love empowered by light which is why god is love universe is love i am love and which is why why that love first speaks or creates through the energy of light and then it was shown a new sequence you know seeing the number eight being formed of the flow of love and light and then going up to your throat to express the love and light that you are because i think a lot of us express our pain and we say i speak my truth that's dangerous no truth of who we are is love and light it's important to express the pain but it's even more important to not mistaken it for the truth of who we are and then it went down to the sacral center or i call it create me center so that we can not only express who we are we can create through the expression of who we are and then to the third eye or seeing that we can envision and hence imagine the reality and then prosper through it to the to the root chakra and then finally up to the crown chakra which is a master me center for me which is to master this pathway over and over and over again and so those seven programs were recorded in that order and the new program was created and so that quantum freedom technique then became a way of opening us to our infinite possibilities i became possibility coach because that's what my clients told me i do for them after two decades my branding my marketing and branding uh, coach said you need to tell people who you are not just by name and what it is that you do i said i don't know i mean i help people yeah you got to do better than i help people <laughs> so i asked my clients i said when you refer me because all my business up till then was done very frosted. When you refer me, what do you tell people? Mm -hmm. And it was gorgeous because every third answer and every second answer had something I didn't think this was possible. Mm -hmm. And now, and I'm like, okay, okay, so I'm possibility coach. <laughs> and this is how I do it. I open possibility centers. And so, you know, this flow started opening. And that's, that's what quantum freedom is today. It's the subscription family of spiritual seekers coaches and entrepreneurs that either attend free programs and i do minimal one-on-one -on -one as i simply have no time for other sessions or for recorded programs where we open the spiritual gene coding for example and so forth it's an amazing website i was going through everything i just saw wow it's mm. just there's so many different seminars there's techniques that you offer um so yeah it's very very interesting i i actually did the, the quiz yes, did, yes and are you compassionate <laughs> what is your what is your driving emotion there it's, did you get your drive it's joy joy i'm not surprised yes <laughs> okay <laughs> so yeah no I've, I've i've read through it and i've seen what i need to do and no it's very true i actually went the the, the first thing that i my my eyes hit was obviously joy but then that the section that says that believing that my creativity won't lead to money mm -hmm. it's exactly what it is and I've I've known that for so long so it's amazing how accurate your quiz was <laughs> <laughs> well it's intuitively created and even more intuitively matched right <laughs> um because I know the creativity is there and I do have all these I had mentioned before I jumped to and I and I think why mm -hmm. I stop at one idea and then go to the next because I think oh, I don't think I'll make any money from this so I'll go to the next one or, mm. okay, I love doing what I do but I just I don't think I'm going to make any money from it and I try to think of the next idea so um yeah the quiz was good I liked it <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad 
had we had fun with it and you know and joy and joy is a wonderful uh energy to have and and the only thing you now shift is that you know for creatives like you the program is i can't make any money is it's a very true high frequency program because money is energy and we can't make energy but once you allow for that thought and you say okay i'm simply creating new ways of receiving prosperity so you're not making money which is an impossibility that is too low a frequency for your energy and you're free to create opportunities to monetize your talents and you're free to create receptors to receive abundance then that's what you're creating and one of the laws that I think would be gorgeous for you is the law of receiving because this will probably pull on a string because you're such a giver <laughs> you know your whole energy is a giver you're like where can I serve right now <laughs> you know have I not exhausted myself fully today doing something good today which is gorgeous and I recognize and honor that and and so givers find it very hard to receive right when somebody asks you what they can do for you you say I got this I'm fine <laughs> right and yeah. so and that think of it this way the same receptors for receiving abundance are the receptors for receiving period and the only way you can shift to the joy of receiving to understand is that that joy that you receive from giving when you allow somebody else to give to you that's what you give them so your homework would be if somebody asks you what can I do for you to say you know what let me think about that and get back with you and then truly think of one thing they within their talents can offer you as a gift and it's going to be so uncomfortable to first receive it but that's that's that law of receiving that then all of a sudden you create an opportunity for them to give because that is the greatest gift you can give them and that the energy of abundance then no longer is rejected because you're saying I got this the universe says fine Esther you got it you don't need abundance that is so true this is so true this is what I do and people pick up on it too they they notice they go you know you you've, you always seem like you've you've got it all together uh -huh. Do See, I? you got it all I together. Like There's no room to receive right now. I mean, you know, so, so yeah, that, that would be a gorgeous, subtle adjustment. And to, to understand that this is not manipulation of words. It is the highest truth. You giving somebody an opportunity to give to you is still a gorgeous giving, but it also allows for you to start receiving. So it's amazing. Okay. I'm going to really gonna assess my, my world now. It's going to change for the better. And I, and I think it's so true as well uh, how we, you know, we have all these ideas and we think that we can't make money mm. from it. We can't make money from our passion, what we really want to do. Yet I'm working for uh, for somebody else that, and doing something that I, I won't say I hate my my day-to-day -day job. I enjoy it. Uh, but you're, you're still working for someone else doing what they want yeah. and you're making money, but you would rather make money doing something you love yeah. and, and going, yes, that was mine and it's done and that's where my ego comes in. And I think that's an okay it thing. Because You're seeking your expression. You're fine. seeking your expression. And I think it's uh, all about the other part of creating um, 
is making sure we are clear on the questions that we ask, right? That's the hidden gift. Mm -hmm. I always say Shakespeare was the greatest first metaphysician because he said to be or not to be, that is the question. And so all day long, our mind keeps asking whether to be or not to be. Our frequency either tunes to, I want to do this or I don't want to do this. And whatever is stronger is going to dominate our life. So let's say we're not taking you and your job, but if somebody who actually doesn't like their job, or let's say they feel stuck, that's probably more accurate. And their feeling of being stuck is stronger than their moments of feeling free and creative. The dominant vibration will always prevail. So if you're feeling stuck more frequently and stronger, and then truly enjoying those moments of bliss and feeling free, that's what you're going to create more. And so when you feel stuck, you get to ask a question, how do I shift the feeling of being stuck to feeling freedom at this very moment? You want to start shifting and you want to ask the right question, right? Either you take traditional um, sacred writings, Quran, Torah, uh, Bible, or you take New Age teachings, they agree on one concept that I personally, through my little prism of, you know, misconception, think is misunderstood because it's ask and you shall receive. And it's been translated to ask for things, give universe the order and receive. Open arms and it flops into your arms. But it doesn't say ask for things. It says ask and you shall receive. So the question you ask, your subconscious mind creates neural receptors to receive the external feedback for opportunities to match. So if I'm going to ask what color you're thinking about and you like pink, you were not thinking about pink. I've asked you and my <laughs> question dictated your answer, right? right? So it's all about asking the right question. So the question for you would be, okay, what is the best and highest way that I can take this idea that it will prosper the life of all, including mine. Okay, brilliant. I this is amazing. This is what I need. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Asking I'm, I'm you a, I'm, see if you asked for it. <laughs> I'm on that path, but I think sometimes, as you had mentioned before, you need to kind of check your goals again. Mm -hmm. um, you had mentioned both with Bob Proctor and and I, I think it's true yeah uh, with your apps that you you have as well how how they work yeah so the master me master dash me app is a humongous uh, investment of about three dollars one time uh, <laughs> that app that app is uh, 52 uh, virtues so every week focuses on a different virtue and it has daily energy activation of that and that actually is a foundation for one of our coaching programs I have a master me program that the app was created for and now is publicized because a lot of people found it so valuable they wanted their friends to have it so that's you know master me app um, and was created from a, a Tree of Life a Facebook group that was, you know, born. But the app that is continually growing, changing, adapting, and is my 
favorite child. I know you shouldn't have one. I do. It's my app. <laughs> Out of all my books <laughs> and all my creations, Empower Dash Me is my favorite child. <laughs> it's, and what that particular app is, it is built to intuitively match your frequency to the need of the answer you choose for a different set. Let's take, let me ask you which one. Let's do the question. So uh, one of the subsets is called my question, my answer. So if you have a question that's on your mind and you can ask it in your mind and I'm going to say we want to align it, I would shake a phone. Yes, my incredible person who created it did that. That way you can shake what? a phone and there's a heartbeat <laughs> on the app and then the answer pops up. And this one has actually a scripture and pondering. It says with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. There might not be a practical path you can see at this point. Pray for guidance and pray for miracles. Affirm. And the affirmations are energetically charged. So instead of being limited by human ability, I now allow God to expand my dream through limitless divine power. I trust and rely on my creator fully. I see miracles unfold before my eyes. And so... As an answer to whatever pondering was, you don't see the practical path and you're invited to just trust that it'll happen through you. And I you know, always want to honor that I've healed so many of my clients from being triggered by the word God. <laughs> I always say, great overall designer, you fill in your blank. I'm here to propose a system. You're yeah. here to fill it in. Yeah. So yeah. that's, yeah. that's one of them. And then my favorite part of that is the three minute meditation. We all know meditations are important. I love Joe Dispenza and I love his meditations. I, I don't always have four hours or three hours or an hour or 40 minutes, <laughs> three minutes, three minutes. And so mini meds are three minute meditations and the one that popped up here is receiving good news, for example. So for here in me center, um, I think all of us are trained to hear bad news. So when you intuitively would pick a meditation to listen to in the morning, it's three minutes, it's guided, and it rewires your subconscious mind. So a great app to wake up to and just have that three minutes because a lot of people don't even have that time. Just three minutes is not a lot. Yeah. Nope. So fantastic. I'm going to check <laughs> it out. I'm downloading it now. Please do. As we Please do. <laughs> Leave, me, leave us a review. Leave us a review. It'll be number 12. Like, number 12. It, has thou, it has like thousands of downloads and 11 reviews. I'm like, come on, people. <laughs> Somebody. I wasn't too sure about if, if the number 39, because you will be number 39 of my interviews. Ah, oh, 39. How gorgeous. 39. Yes. Wow. I don't know if that well, is. Have that... you ever covered the, uh, the the three and the nine connection? I don't want to, you know, I haven't obviously listened to all the episodes, but the gorgeous thing about number 369, you know, being 39, of course, mm -hmm. tickles me. It's 88 for me. It's 39 for you. I'm just going to go be tickled all over. <laughs> you know. But <laughs> if you look at uh, sacred geometry as the energy of mathematics, that's, you know, that's, creates the universe let's say however you look at the enclosed system geometrically it will always add to number nine at the end meaning if you look at the line the basic of all geometry is a line the line is 180 degrees 180 is one plus eight which is nine then you look at any triangle 
that's the second form, you know, in creating the world. <laughs> triangle, all the angles in a triangle, when added up, will add to 180, which 1 to 8 is 9. If you look at a square, 4 times 90, 360, 3 plus 6 is 9, that's where the 3 and 6 comes in. If you look at the circumference, which is the final shape of creating the universe, it's 360 degrees, which is also 9. And so a part of what Tesla is talking about is that the angles of sacred geometry, of how the palpable physical reality is created, all add up to that gorgeous number nine while starting at that formation of the three. So I am honored to be your episode 39. Yay. It's meant to be. Things are going to happen. I know. When you're my 18, girl, you know how I was saying abundance is flowing both ways, 88. Let it flow. Yeah, love it. I'm so ecstatic now. I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to start working on on my uh, my passion as soon as we end this conversation. So uh, yeah, no, I think thank you again for joining me today. I really appreciate it. I'm 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 thrilled that you are number thirty nine and I'm your eighty eighth. <laughs> What's next for you? What's next on the radar? Radar. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, well, lots of our coaches that we have on the team are developing, uh, we're developing pro uh, products with them. And the cool one that I have is because I'm so passionate about asking the right questions, will be a little deck that will allow for you to pull a card and that'll be the question to focus on for the day to create the most optimal, co-create the most optimal reality. So that's one product. And then we are rebranding our Manifest uh, Me journal from uh, annual one to generic one we've had a lot of clients that said oh it's the end of the year can i just have one generic so we're going to make a generic manifest me journal that has basic laws of how to create and that's what our two little baby projects coming up oh fantastic well all the best uh and yes i'm sending you lots of love all the way in western australia to uh, West Virginia. Are you West Virginia? I yes. will take it wherever <laughs> I am. I'm in North Carolina now. I'm going to redirect it and get it right into my heart where it's intended. You're wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, Esther. Thanks for being here and connecting. Well, that concludes the episode. And I also just wanted to point out as well the links for how you can reach out to Victoria uh, in the podcast description so click on the links check out her website her instagram and perhaps the apps and yeah i hope that you found some of the information or all of the information very helpful for you and remember people have an open heart have an open mind live your life and be free thanks for tuning in